Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 16th highlight episode, we return with John Reddington from his studio. The interview was taken a couple weeks ago when we were out on our way to New York. We talk at great length about the narrative qualities in his work, how he combines them with real and personal experiences, and how he kind of combines and collages these different memories and elements together into his painting work. Again, you can check it out at johnreddington.com before the interview if you want to follow along that way. Just a reminder, if you're unfamiliar with Studio Break, we are a podcast and blog that features a variety of contemporary artists talking about their work in depth, all of the trials and tribulations along the way. So we hope that you enjoy it and check out all of our archived episodes. Again, we have over 60 different episodes with a wide variety of artists, so please go ahead and check them out. You can easily do that by previewing the work in the slideshow part. And if you like it, just click on the episode or go to the iTunes store and subscribe to the podcast there where you can get access to all the different episodes that we have. And it's a great accompaniment if you've got anything to listen to while you're working away in the studio or you're commuting to work. So please go ahead and check out all the archives that we have. Of course, once again, you can reach us on a variety of other formats, including our Facebook and Twitter pages. So please go ahead and like us on Facebook, where we provide, again, updates from some of the artists that we've had on in the past, as well as previous some of the artists that we have coming up. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Studio Break on Twitter, so if there's a cool artist that you like and you want to share it there, or if you're listening to some great tunes and you want to send them along, please go ahead and do that. Lastly, before we start the interview, we just want to invite applicants for our 2013 competition. You can find a lengthy explanation on our Studio Break page. Look over to the left, and you'll see the page link to the 2013 competition, again, which is open to both professional and students. Again, three winners will be getting their own solo exhibition, and the juror this year is Mark Harold Ponder, who is at the Box 13 Art Space in Houston. So again, if you want to find out more information there, please, please apply. We want a very exciting group of artists to feature on Studio Break this year. So if you want to find out more information, or if you know anybody that would be interested, please pass that opportunity along. We'd really, really appreciate it. All right, here is our interview with John Reddington. Stay tuned. All right, I'm happy to be in John Reddington's studio once again. We started this whole journey out with him, or at least my journey, whatever you want to call it. So it's nice to be back here. Um, so how you doing, John? Good, man. Thanks for coming out, dude. Yeah, yeah. And again, we've been staying in Peninsula, Ohio, surrounded by trees everywhere. And I think it's very fitting, again, if you haven't seen John's website or his work, please visit johnreddington.com. But you can kind of see that, again, he incorporates a lot of experience and a lot of nature into what he does and again it's a different experience when you're actually inside of his world so it's always kind of fun to visit him so <laughs> anyways i think one of the first things that i just kind of want to bring bring to mind about these these newer kind of paintings is again there's a lot more landscape or at least um elements that relate to the landscape a bit more but then also you've kind of continued this idea of kind of putting out your your kind of I guess interests or memories or fragments of these places so are there any kind of particular things that you've been working from recently or again if you could kind of explain that process a little bit of how you've been thinking about these recently and, and working through them well Dave I've uh, 
you know, still working from the narrative like I, I have been for a long time, but, um, you know, trying to become, uh, I don't know how you put it, a little bit more focused or narrowed down or streamlined in a way in terms of uh, what what's important in the work, what's not important in the work. I think it's something everybody, you know, kind of struggles with or goes through. And, you know, trying to be more honest about the, uh, the, the particular instance. So, yeah, getting back a lot more to landscape, which, you know, I, is kind of my upbringing in, in terms of painting and, you know, trying to, you know, be a little bit more relaxed about it and have a little bit more fun with painting instead of, you know, stressing out and kind of going through those those tribulation times, you know, kind of just trying to get away from that and, you know, having fun with painting again, trying to have fun. And so getting back to the landscape is always something that's been fun for me. And and on the same hand has always been a challenge as well. So, um, you know, basing the narrative off of the landscape. So, you know, for, for example, you know, whatever scenario it might be, it might be a day, it might be, um, you know, a week, might be a vacation, uh, just, you know, specific memories that we tend to want to snapshot in our minds, you know, you take pictures of whether, you know, you go on your first fishing trip with the family and you get this really good photograph, but, you know, looking back through those things and kind of, um, investigating them deeper and, you know, trying to understand that this was an important moment. And trying to capture that landscape, but also in the same time, not. Uh, I'm trying not to get away from the other things that interest me uh, visually. So, a lot of graphical elements, uh, text or icons, uh, things like that that are important to me. So, for example, you know some of the paintings that I did uh, earlier this year, based off of you know a family vacation and you know going to this hot dog shop. Um, that had this really beautiful old 40s or 50s kind of uh, neon light sign that's just all beat up, but really beautiful in its own mind. And, you know, trying to incorporate that into the landscape of the beach that we stayed at for five, six days and being out on that beach every day the same amount of time. And how can I take this neon sign and incorporated into that beach and then you know thinking about other things that happened with that so uh you know maybe it was you know a a night walk with my wife down the beach and you know coming across this giant sand drawing that somebody had made or stumbling across a, a dirty diaper that's on this pristine beach you know, there's always these elements of uh, humor that I like to incorporate into the work, but at the same time, all these all these elements come in together and you know communicate the same thing, the same the same sort of experience. So, trying to at one one instance try to narrow the field in terms of what needs to be in there, what n- doesn't need to be in there, but um, trying to hold true to what that experience was for me and, and, and trying to communicate that to the viewer. Um, also titling, you know, titling these works have started to become really, uh, 
more significant to me as well to try to communicate that idea as well. So um, kind of these crazy, long, absurd titles for paintings that almost, you know, act as some sort of script for, for the painting. You know, so it strikes me, one of the things that's interesting about it then is you're, you're almost kind of collaging all these different instances from an experience, you know, you kind of described, you know, being on the, on the beach, um, or an experience like a family vacation or being, you know, certainly out in the wilderness before you described that idea, you know, it seems like you're kind of combining all these different experiences until like almost like a best of, right. of this exp- experience or right so i mean is there anything that you get kind of get particularly drawn to i mean what what is it about a certain experience that makes you feel the need to kind of think about how you can incorporate that into a painting that's a good question i i don't know if i can really fully explain that was well, um, it visual i mean is it yeah, it's definitely, you know, relates to the visual, but it, it also relates to the experience. So it's kind of a, a development of, you know, okay, this is the experience that I want to paint. Here's the landscape that I think is going to work for that. And, you know, what what else happened during this landscape? What what did we do or what did I do or what did I see? What, what was involved with that? So it's a lot of... Uh, you know, research, researching my own photos and saying, oh, that's really hot or that's really nice. And, you know, trying to pair these things together and and make these pairings between all these different elements to see how they work together. Um, Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the things that's interesting about it too, is that then, you know, you're also someone that sits a long time with your work. So you might be working. And again, not that everybody can see this and hopefully we'll get some good images to uh, include, but you know, there's stuff everywhere. So to me, it, it kind of thinks, it makes me think about the idea of, you know, kind of associating these things or, you know, even taking something out of a closet and putting it out again. Right. It sparks this kind of imagination. So it really becomes this really interesting kind of collage of these different works. And I think, sure. you know, one of the things that really strikes me too is something that you're talking about experiences. You know, John and I, you know, had a unique experience of going to graduate school together. And again, as someone that I've come to know and, and learn about the way that he makes art and see the world is that I think it's also really interesting the way that experience and, and where you are and how you're connected to it really kind of reiterate to that or relate to that. You know, like I sure. think about, you know, some of those earlier works that you were kind of focused on were kind of incorporating still life objects. And it seems like now that's something that, you know, you, you still do, but it's more kind of ephemeral or, you know, I don't know, lighthearted. It's not as like symbolic. It's more like a, about that experience. Right. Yeah. It's a little bit more, uh, I, I think you put it the best way, you know, it's not as serious. It's still, still serious and it's still important, um, to myself, but it's not, you know, I'm not trying to save the world with my paintings. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to speak something larger than it needs to be. And I think it, it, it has its own weight. Well, and I think it speaks to the idea of the everyday and the mundane, you know, the, the type of things that you incorporate aren't, you know, the most unique things in the world. Oftentimes they're like brands right. or symbols, you know? Yep. Um, and so I think it's it's really interesting because it's not pinned down to some kind of, yeah, like a, I don't know, like a, in a way of kind of like making it like a, like I was saying, like symbolic or something like that. And so, I mean, is, is there... Any kind of like limits or 
new things that you've been kind of looking at or, you know, I know again, that idea of signage seems like something that's been popping up a lot more. Is there right. more to that? Well, I, you know, I've actually, I try not to kind of fall into a rut or a pattern in terms of, you know, I mean, when you look at the paintings, they definitely start to become kind of formulaic after a while. And I don't really like the idea of it being so much of a formula because I do struggle with these things for a long time to try to figure out the right kind of brush stroke and the right value range and, you know, all these painterly things. Uh, but, you know, the signage is important because it, it, and the branding, you know, the, these are things that I use every day, whether, you know, I'm going on a climbing trip and, you know, I'm seeing this logo every day, all the time, and it's just kind of ingrained in there somewhere, and so it's going to pop out, or whatever it might be. So, I mean, the design of these things are really nice in their own right, and I, I like to use them, but I don't want to, you know, make it a habit of, okay, here's this painting, now i got to put some sort of brand on it. And I've kind of been getting away from that a little bit in, in this new painting that I'm working on. Uh, I don't think it's going to have really any of that. Well, it kind of does in a weird way. It, it has this big truck stop sign that's going through it, but it's actually part of the landscape. It's not, you know, superimposed on top of it. So it, it's still there. It's still prevalent. It's just kind of taking on a different form. Well, I think one of the things that's also very interesting is that I think coming from a background where you were highly focused on representation, that idea of abstraction has always been something that's kind of creeped into the work. And I think especially now, it's kind of at a, a point where it, it really kind of acknowledges how it's made and then, you know, kind of draws attention to that. Is that something that you're kind of interested in? or is it Oh, something? yeah, yeah. I, I love the, um, the whole construction part of it is interesting to me. I mean, I love constructing a painting and, and building it. And I want that to be evident to, to whoever's looking at it. You know, I, I, I want I want that to be known in some aspect because I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of putting these things together. And, you know, I, I am trying to make that a little bit more evident as I go, you know, leaving things more loose and more unrefined in, in certain areas and being able to see underpaintings. I mean, like I said, before talking about this larger painting, this painting has been around for six years and there's probably five paintings on it. And it's just, uh, you know, systematic of pulling this thing out and looking at it and, you know, not being fully satisfied with it and just kind of having my moment and, okay, now it's time to paint over it and see what else you can make of this thing. So there's this kind of rich history that comes through the painting in terms of, you know, creating it and sanding back through areas or leaving things um, kind of left behind. But the construction part is very, very important. Well, one of the things that it makes me think about is the way that you talk about experiencing in your work and then in, you know, the actual world. I think there's a level of, like, incompleteness to the work, or at least a level of kind of acknowledging um, chance or you know, circumstance, is there, is there something that 
you know, you kind of think about in terms of incorporating that, or is that kind of reflected in that process where you're kind of like combining all these things, like you're saying? Yeah, I think it just is part of uh, what comes out. You know, I don't really know how to explain it. You know, maybe subconscious or, or whatnot. Well, anybody that knows you knows you that you're very in the moment. You know, yeah. There's, there's either fly off the hip. It's just interesting because I think, again, there is that acknowledgement to me in the way that the work looks that there is there's a level of kind of being in that moment just in the way that you make decisions you know you you might draw this line out or you might include this area and you didn't plan for it it's 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 very reactive um very reactive so um I, i i think that's one of the reasons why it takes so long sometimes is because it's you know make this mark uh decide where you know this element is going and, you know, breaking that down in terms of, you know, a shape or a value or a mark or or whatever that might be. And just going gung ho on it, you know, really quickly and, and, you know, stepping back and trying to assess what just happened there in terms of how is it working compositionally with the painting? You know, does it, is it make sense? Is it reading right? Is it reading proper? And if it's not, you know, uh, I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes in, but also at the same time, a lot of the satisfaction comes in as well as, you know, when, when it finally comes together, when that, when those marks finally meet up and there's that, that marriage that happens there. But, you know, there, there's a lot of frustration in that, you know, waiting for things to dry and, you know, stomping around the studio and looking at it and knowing that it's screwed up and just, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting until you can give another go, give another shot, make that other mark and see if you can correct that. I I don't know. Like, I don't want to read too much into it and be like, oh, it's, this is how life is. Uh, I mean, it kind of is, you know, I mean, everybody, you know, you make your mistakes or you drive to work on the same, the same route every day. And, there might be a car crash in front of you one day and it might be fine and sunny the next day. You know, I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I think the thing that strikes me too is especially talking to so many different artists working in so many different ways. Again, there's, there's different things that people gravitate towards. And it just strikes right. me is that instead of it being something that's, you know, thoroughly designed out and it's either worked out or it doesn't from the start, there's this level of like devotion or, kind of, I don't know, paying homage to that side of, you know, really painting, you know, in the same way that you've got, you know, landscape plein air paintings kind of like littered throughout the studio. It's something that it's about that experience as, as opposed to, right. you know, something that's designed and thought out and yeah. know, it's either hit or miss, you know, it's like this process. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, uh, you know, a scheme going into it. This is, you know, this is my idea. This is what I, you know, foresee it to resolve into and it always will change out of that regardless you know the finished product will never be uh what the intended idea was um but i you know i i do love the fact that these pains need to arrive on their own and and kind of go through that tribulation and i that's you know like i said that's where that joy comes from is when they when they do arrive and and there's a lot of times those paintings don't arrive and they get turned around they get pushed down the hallway 
and they sit there for a few years until I turn them around and decide to paint over them again. So it's just the the nature of the beast for me, I guess. Well, one of the other things that I'd like to bring up, maybe kind of out of the blue, is um, the way that you also experience the the predator. In this case, the Predator Uh, Machine. So could you you explain the Predator Machine? The Predator Machine. Okay, so for everybody, the the Predator Machine. um, This started from uh, my summer job at at Blossom, um, but it's kind of incorporated now into the studio. Uh, But, you know, just uh, I don't know if I suffer from some sort of ADD, which I probably do because I can't really focus long on one thing but I you know I love the movie The Predator and um, you know and it's crassness and it's kind of uh, macho-ness um, <laughs> there's something about it that I, I relate to and I really love and you know growing up with my dad and you know watching all these old Arnold movies like Conan and uh, well obviously Predator um Commando was another one of those, you know, when we were kids watching that. But, uh, you know, there was something that you you always looked up to, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, look at this guy, you know. And, you know, now watching it, just, you know, seeing how comical it is. But on the same time, um, you know, taking it lighthearted. But I've got this thing, this old beat-up, tube television up in the studio, a piece of green gaff tape. Uh, Gaff tape is just kind of another fancy term for kind of a fabric tape they use for for sound and audio and all that stuff with Predator scrawled across it, just taped on the television. And the only thing that plays on this DVD player is the Predator, and so it's the Predator machine that's on loop. But it's fun to just have that in the studio and running continuously, and it takes my mind off of the painting. Um, so you know, working, I'll I'll be able to watch it and you know relax and laugh at all these really stupid one-liners that that come up in the movie, real crass ones too, but really hilarious. Uh, so it's just you know another extension of myself. You know, I love all these really stupid things and um they're important to me so i i like having this predator machine (laughs) that we've dubbed the predator machine you know just being able to run in the studio whenever i'm up here well and it's again i think important to kind of point out that you also have like master paintings taped to it you have (laughs) i mean your entire studio is kind of you know chock full of all these memories you know you can kind of look around it and you know, for some other folks, it might not kind of be something that's obvious. And, you know, I've talked to people that have almost like labs, you know, as, as the way that they run right. the studios. Yeah. And so it's just interesting because I, I think about it as, you know, kind of like your your own library, too. You know, not just an image library of these experiences, but these objects, these artifacts. Um, and it seems like a, a way of kind of, you know, dealing with all that or addressing it. or Yeah. Um, it's uh, I, I guess it's just a natural way for me to... To connect to uh, memories is by, you know, something physical, you know, other than, you know, looking at, at, a, at a photograph or something. But, you know, having these old chunks of just weird stuff, you know, whether it's a, 
you know, an old beat up beer bottle or some kind of strange sculpture that I've found or, you know, a postcard from a show or, you know, an old painting that somebody gave to me years and years ago. Um, you know, just all these, these things, you know, helps me, um, stay grounded to myself, you know, and, and not try to run away with some sort of grandiose idea about what I think painting should be or needs to be or, you know, kind of the saving the world mentality with my painting, you know. Right. In the end, it just seems like it's all about kind of recreating that experience or recreating an experience or... Sure. Right. All right. Well, you know, it's been great to visit your studio and see uh, the progress in action. And again, it's it's really a... I don't know why, but it's just such a fascinating thing visiting your studio because there's so many things around, you know, that I, that I want to place significance on because, <laughs> you know, they might wind up in a painting. So it's been great visiting <laughs> right. and, uh, great talking about your work. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Thanks again to John for joining us, and please go check out his website, johnreddington.com, and see all the paintings that he has up there. As always, I'd just like to remind the listeners that if you'd like to find out more about your host, myself, David Linaway, you can check out my paintings at davidlinaway.com. Very interested in architecture and landscape, how we create and perceive meanings for our surroundings. So you can see all of that in my work at davidlinaway.com. And there is a link on the sidebar of the homepage. So if you'd like, that's an easy way to find it there. We always like to invite our first-time listeners to check out all of the archives that we have on Studio Break. Again, a wide variety of artists, slideshows of their work, links to their websites, and full-length interviews that discuss the evolution of their work, where they're at now. And if it's a highlight episode, sometimes it'll be a preview of a show that's up or an update like this one with John Reddington. So please go ahead and check all of them out. Once again, we would love it if there was a way that you could contribute or perhaps even donate a small monetary amount to help support our projects but if not you can also contribute by leaving us comments on our blog as well as our facebook and twitter accounts so please go ahead and reach out again our facebook page is very active we provide previews of some of the guests that we have coming up as well as show announcements and updates from our past guests you can also find a link to our competition there Or you can also follow us on Twitter, at Studio Break on Twitter. And, of course, if you're seeing anything that's cool or exciting, please feel free to hit us up there. It's a great way to share art, music, etc. So please go ahead and do that. For our music this week, we had John Spencer, Blues Explosion, Bell Bottoms taking us in. And taking us out is Mountain Cults, Untitled 2. Again, Those artists are featured at freemusicarchive.org. They have full albums, both of them, so if you want to go check them out or any other free music, go to freemusicarchive.org. And speaking of music, perhaps is a good plug for our podcast from last week. Skylar Mail, who is a visual artist and performance artist as well as musician, and we incorporated some of his music into the podcast, so if you haven't heard that podcast, please go ahead and check that out. Again, some announcements Judy Glantzman is still up at Betty Cunningham Gallery in New York, so please go ahead and check out that show. Judy was on last year and is an extraordinary artist, and there's a ton of great work up there, paintings, drawings, collages, all sorts of good stuff, so please check it out. 
Also coming up next month, May 11th, I'm going to have a solo exhibition at Jan Brandt Gallery entitled Emerge, and Morgan Price is a printmaker at Illinois State University, and he has a solo exhibition entitled Monkey Business. And both of those shows open up May 11th at Jan Brandt Gallery in Bloomington, Illinois. Please go ahead and check them out. It's going to be very exciting. There's information on our Facebook page, so you can find out more there. You can also find more information about our 2013 competition, which is juried by Mark Harold Ponder from Box 13 Art Space in Houston. A lengthier description can be found at the Studio Break website. Just look to the left and you'll find a page for the 2013 competition. Again, there are three different winners from three different categories for a total of nine. Again, those categories are professional, graduate student, and undergraduate students. So again, three undergraduates, three graduates, and three professionals will get full-length interviews on Studio Break along with slideshows and promotion of their work. And in addition to that, three winners in total, one from each of those categories, will be selected for solo exhibitions in Houston, at the Peoria Art Guild, and at Jan Brandt Gallery. So we're very excited about that opportunity. And again, we would really appreciate it if you shared it with anybody that you would find would be interested in applying. Of course, this goes with the podcast as well, so if you enjoy it, please help get the word out there. And of course, one easy way that you can do that, and again, this is for anybody that listens regularly and subscribes through the iTunes store, please leave us some feedback there. Again, it just gets us a little bit more visibility for those other people listening to a lot of podcasts like Bad at Sports, R21, Mark Marin's podcast, whatever. Again, it just increases the ranking and visibility of this podcast and gets this artwork seen by more people. So please, please leave us some feedback. All right, that's all the episode we have this week. We'll talk to you real soon. Mm-hmm.